Welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest manga chapters and news. I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is Rock. How are you, Rock? Hey, Kevin, doing great as always. Glad to be here. And glad to have you here. We got a good episode here today. Like like always, we're going to be talking about some news from My Hero Academia and Mashal that it's going to break probably Rock's heart a little bit, so you could hear the heartbreak of Rock. <laughs> Uh, happened today. Uh, um, along with, we're going to be talking about one of the newest manga that's come out on Shonen Jump called Earth Child. So we're going to be covering the first three chapters of, of um, the latest manga and just kind of going over our thoughts if it's something that we want to continue reading or not. So, um, but before we get into all that, I wanted to do some quick housekeeping to get that out of the way. As always, you could listen to the Manga Revolution podcast on any podcast service, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, we would love it if you guys could rate us, review us five stars. That it always helps us out on the rankings. You could also find the work that Rock and I do on the comic book and manga industry at comicbookrevolution.com, where I know that Rock has been putting up a lot of sales charts numbers. We're breaking down all the sales charts for both the comic book and manga industry, so you could check that stuff out. And he's has a couple other comic book stuff uh, stuff plan that I know about. And so you look forward to that, that coming out within the next few weeks. So, and you could also follow myself at the Kevin Linus on Twitter and on TikTok at nerdy Kev. You could also follow the uh, comic book revolution at CB revolution on Twitter and in the manga podcast on Twitter at the manga podcast for our, Rock, where can we find you? You can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at Rock with 2K's Revolution. Awesome. And so before we get into talking about Earthshot, I wanted to talk about two new stories that came out like over the past week or so. Um, and the first one is definitely going to break Rock's heart here with uh. the <laughs> announcement that Mashal Magic and Muscle is going to be, uh, has officially started its final story arc with volume 12 of the manga, which for those that might not know, volume 11 just came out in Japan, which collected uh, chapters 92 to 100. Volume 2, volume 12 will start, will start collecting uh, chapter one, 101 which we've already had by the time this episode comes out, 107 chapters Magic and Muscle come out already. So we were uh, for for the series. It's going. It's already started in the manga individual manga chapters. Um, has already started its final story arc from what from what they've been saying. The actual final story arc. Rock, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The final story arc actually really began with chapter 103. Um, because yep. uh, like chapter 101 and chapter 102, um, were the continuation of the story story arc that was in volume 11. That those were the last two chapters of actually the previous story arc. So the actual story arc itself is. A, is in chapter 103 for the for the beginning of that. Just for a quick background, we've had a couple of story arcs in Mashal um, that's already taken place. They've been between 24 to 31 chapters so far. So, um, and we are chapter 107. So there's about five chapters already in this final story arc. So with each volume of Mashal, Mashal, Magic, and Muscle already contain, containing about nine chapters, except for the outside of the first volume. Nine chapters are contained in each volume. So that does kind of give, give the idea that we're going to have at least one, uh, two more volumes if you count volume 12. So that gives us about 12 chapters of Magic and Muscle that's going to still be planned and released. Um, Rock, what did you think of this news for, for this? Um, it was awful. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> It was lousy news to get. I've I've adored Mashal Magic and Muscle since the first chapter. It just hooked me immediately. Look, Kevin, you drop a Kanikamon reference at the beginning of any manga, and oh, you're going to get me to be happy, and that's what this manga did. And it also had that kind of same vibe. It's totally different, but it had the same heart and essence of the of Kanikamon. So I just, I adored it. And the main character, Mash, reminds me of Kanikamon as well, in essence and in spirit. So I loved it. I thought it was really fun. It's been, just been such a fun manga. It's fast-paced. It's entertaining. You chuckle. You laugh. It has phenomenal action. It plays. It leans into the tropes of your classic shonen manga, which I appreciate. It never, ever takes itself too seriously. Love that. And if you're going to be this kind of story, you got you, you can't take yourself too seriously. You really can't. So really well done. The art is gorgeous. I've always thought the art on this manga, Kevin, was beautiful. Komodo is super talented, crazy talented artist. So much that I would love to see Magic and Muscle uh, get an anime. It, it probably won't, but it would be amazing because the, the action that we get in the manga and Komodo's style of art, I think, would make for a phenomenal looking anime. But, you know, we're not going to get that. Anyhow, I think that this, you know, as much as I hate to see it end, 
I think Komodo was kind of at a crossroads, Kevin, where he had to either... Everything that he's been doing since the very first chapter is culminating in this final story arc. I mean, everything. And he's kind of at a position where you really, you're at the fork of the road. Either you wrap everything up and you end the manga and you move on to something else, or you have to wrap it up and do a Control-Alt-Delete... <laughs> Maybe do a time jump, a time skip of a couple of years ahead, and then just do something completely different with the same characters. You know what I'm saying? So he's kind of stuck into one of those one of those two scenarios. So I don't blame him for for him saying as a creator, look, I've I've, I've told the story. This is the yeah, logical yeah. ending of the story. I really can't go over it. Okay, yeah, and um, that that was my qu- next question was, do you think that, like I said before, that most volumes have collected nine chapters for, for the series? So that means that we, we we still have about 12 chapters left in this series at the very minimum. Yeah, um, since so. Since already 107 chapters have come out, so that means that there's going to be two more chapters and vol- that's going to contain volume 12. Because of the announcement, they said that it starts, um, and so I'm a marketing guy, and I always like seeing how the press releases are framed, and usually, <laughs> especially... Whenever they announce a manga about to end, they they are going to be specific. We're going to end this, um, which we'll talk about in our next news story. They are very specific of when the next chapter, the final chapter will be to get that announcement a couple of weeks ahead of time to prepare the reader. So they they didn't do it this time. They just said that volume 12 is the start um, rather than than the ending. Um, so that that does mean at least we're going to get one more full volume of this along with volume 12. So that means, like I said, it's 12, 12 more chapters. Do you think in about 12 to 21 chapters, he could wrap up this final story arc? I think so. I think so. He's very tight with the plotting and pacing of his story. And he's not he's never he's never handled a story arc where you talked about this with a lot of writers where they, they get to the to the third act and they're like, oh, no, I don't have much time left. And they just zip through it. He's not that way. He's he's really excellent with his pacing. So I think I think he's going to stick the landing and he can get it done in, in, in that in, in that amount of chapters. OK, so, yeah, so you're not too concerned about it. And you do feel like I haven't kept up with it. I think I've read the first 25 chapters to be if I'm being honest with you, like since we yep. last reviewed it. Um, and so what, so do you think that this is a natural end point or this is not going to be a forced ending for like, obviously it, it's getting kind of forced ending, but do you think in terms right. of the storytelling, <laughs> in, in terms of the storytelling, do you think where this, this final story arc is at a natural ending point, like you said, where it, where it could end a series in a satisfying way? Absolutely. Even before this news broke that there was, that it was going to be ending, uh, you know, with the volume 12, the final story arc, you know, I would say probably at the beginning of the story arc, we just wrapped up at the very beginning of that story arc. I just got the feeling, uh, okay, we're, we're, we're at the, we have naturally progressed to the end of everything that Komodo has been building up since the very first chapter. I mean, he was weaving yeah. all the way back to the very first chapter with yeah. the la- last story arc. And so yeah. it was obvious. I mean, it was just before this news ever broke. I'm talking like a month ago, probably. It was obvious that, okay, we're nearing the end. And I'm either going to get the news that this is being canceled or we're going to get the news <laughs> that we're getting a time jump and we're going to shake things up. You know, or like be the- out of school and doing something else. Yeah. Or like a new new villain would come out at the last, yes. like the last chapter of the story arc. Because that's like sometimes how, how you extend this, right? Is like... Mm-hmm. You you introduce a new bigger threats that has that's been manipulating right. everything, right? Like I said, I haven't read read it, but that's usually how these manga mangas go. Of like, they mm-hmm. review at the twist ending that the person in charge wasn't actually in charge, or yep. there's another bigger bigger deal. So, mm-hmm. well, that, that that's actually good to know. Um, like I said, I haven't kept up with it, but I I'm Mashro is definitely on my reading list of things a series I need to catch up. I'll, I'll try and. See if I could catch up before the ending, so I could experience the ending along with you guys, along there with you, you Rock. So, <laughs> so we'll see how how that goes. But yeah, it's it's a little sad, but it, at least for hearing from you, Rock, that at least the series did reach a natural endpoint instead yes. of getting a rushed ending. Because, like I said, they did say started instead of saying that it it's officially ending. So again, you still have at least um, one or two more volumes left of the series to go. So, like I said, it's not all doom and gloom about it so you, we still have at least probably through the summer to enjoy uh Ma- master magic and muscle before then so um yeah. and then it <laughs> more cancellation news which uh, this almost entire episode could be about cancellations um <laughs> we got um the news that actually my hero academia vigilante which is the spinoff series for uh, my hero academia that's been written by Hideyuki uh, furuhashi and art by um benton court 
um, will be ending with chapter 126 that comes out on May 27th, like it just released 125 this past week. Um, so this is going to be the the ending of the of the series that's been going on for a while. Hor- Horikoshi has been involved with vigilances for um, who may not know he's been acting kind of almost like the EIC where he's been um, give, helping out with the story in terms of plotting it out, but the writing what has been done by Furuhashi and an art by Court. So, and it is continuity with the My Hero Academia. For those that might know, the the hero in this is a hero that um, was a hero before Izuku Midoriya. It was during the time where All Might was around and inspiring a lot of superheroes. And um, the main character is a like like the title says, he's he is actually an unofficial hero. He is a vigilante in the uh, in the universe. Um, which you don't, we don't really get much information about in the main series, but this kind of dives into that and it also dives into all like the teachers that you see in at UA High School and a lot of their prehistory before becoming UA High School teachers. So if you haven't read My Hero Academia of Vigilancy, I do actually recommend it because it gives a lot of background on for characters that maybe you wanted to learn more about, but don't because obviously My Hero Academia is about their kids. I do recommend that. Um, and this kind of also comes up with the, uh, not announcement, but a message that Horikoshi put out recently in the release for volume 34 of My Hero Academia, the main My Hero Academia series that he also that he said that he sees the goal in sight for wh- where he wants to take the story. And he also said that um, he's not sure how long he wants to continue drawing these characters for My Hero Academia. So it does feel like we're wrapping up this universe for My Hero Academia or whatever. And that Horikoshi has said in the past that I, I believe like before at the beginning of the year, he said he has about a year worth of stories left that did, he didn't say that it's ending in 2022. But he kind of continues to imply that My Hero Academia, he, he, he's ready to end it, um, which um, wouldn't be surprising if he, especially with the story arc that's going on now, where it's a full-on war with the heroes and villains, that it does feel like we're reaching the end of it. Um, Rock, what do you think of this news for, first, let's go with Vigilantes and next with like Horikoshi's state, like continuing statements about possibly ending My Hero Academia this year. Sure. As far as Vigilante, not surprised. That's, I'll be, I'll be honest, that's a title I've not read. Uh, I love My Hero Academia. Don't know why I never bothered to read Vigilante, maybe because I've just by nature, since the very beginning, I'm just not a huge fan of spinoff titles. Mm. It's just maybe it's a weakness of mine, but I mean, mm. that's since I've been reading, you know, as a kid, Marvel <laughs> with DC comics, I would, I, it'd be a spinoff title and normally I'd be like, yeah, I'll just stick with the, with the main one. Yeah. You know, so I've never in, invested any time in it. I, I probably should. And honestly, now that it's com- ending, I'm probably going to fe- weave Vigilante into my, mm. you know, list of manga titles in my, in my, in my, in my to read file and and I, I will say I do recommend reading Vigilantes because actually Vigilantes is something I I only read starting this year um and okay. caught up with it um and I, it is actually a good read because it gives like I said before gives you a lot of details in terms of back for background in terms of all the teachers that you know in um UA high school and like beyond that um that we've been introduced in the main so it's like it's kind of a history lesson of the adults <laughs> of the series right so if like you're interested in that especially like there's some key characters that we've seen become key characters in the um in the main story of like on both the heroes and villains side it's kind of giving you more information on on those events and if it actually like it does good job weaving the the present day storyline of my hero academia with what's going on there so like just giving you more background on characters that you maybe horikoshi is doesn't have the time to tackle because again it is izuku midoriya's story so i do mm-hmm. if if you are invested in those like adult characters then i do kind of recommend going into that because outside of like all, all obviously all might and um endeavor all like all the other adult characters are kind of uh, weaved into the main story again rock I, I do recommend it um once it once it ends you're going 127 uh 126 in may 27 on may 27th uh um, but but yeah, um, how about with uh, like Horikoshi continuing to tease the ending of My Hero Academia? What do you think of that? I mean, I don't want it to happen. I love <laughs> this manga, right? I want it to yeah. go on forever. I'm, I'm like, I'm like any fan of a particular franchise. You know, keep giving me my content, right? It, it, you know, uh, a performer, keep dancing for me. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're all we're all unreasonable about that, aren't we? And the fact is, I, I, I'm old enough now, Kevin, to realize that when the artist is telling you they're nearing their end with their ability to either write or draw these characters, you need to listen to the artist. Because uh, if you go back to the past, I loved Paul Levitz's Legion of Superheroes of my all-time favorite comics, and Paul Levitz was put back on the title by DC back in 20 from like about 2011 to 2013 and guess what 
It wasn't that good. Uh, you know, J- uh, uh, Chris Claremont, some his X-Men are some of my favorite comics of all time in the 80s. And then he left in the early 90s. Well, he came back in the 2000s and Kevin, it wasn't that good. So when a creative talent's telling you, I'm about done, you should listen to them because <laughs> they yeah. may be telling you the truth. Okay. Yeah, and, and even like uh, <laughs> relating it to manga, um, you, like Akira Toriyama is always kind of my example yeah. for this type of thing where Dragon Ball Z, like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, um, you could definitely tell that he wanted to end it like in the Cell Saga. And then with the, how the Boo Saga went, like there's a lot of stuff where he had to rewrite a lot of things and like put Goku and back in the in the focal point and like because he obviously wanted Gohan to end, like end with Gohan being the main hero, um, but obviously yeah. things changed and you could kind of tell like again I I love Dragon Ball and I did enjoy the Boo Saga for what it was, mm-hmm. but you could mm-hmm. tell like when a manga is continuing a series longer than they intend to. And that does impact how how the entire manga ends. So I'm glad that at least Horikoshi is taking a little bit of power when it comes to this of yeah. and putting out the message to prepare the reader. Like obviously he's not doing it every week or like putting it out there that he is ending it, but he has continuously put it out there of like to get prepared the fans mentally that yeah. hey, I want to end this series. So like right. what, so that kind of get that's kind of almost like the only power as a creator that he could wield in, in this situation because like obviously. Um, show, for Shonen Jump, and you can't blame them because again, they want money, but they they obviously oh, want the ser- want popular series to go on forever, as we've seen with right. One Piece <laughs> and, oh, and, oh, Detec- yeah, yeah. and Detective Conan. Um, but I'm glad that Horikoshi has a, a ending insight and that he's not trying to extend it or like he's not allowing like the powers that be to say, hey, no, you got to continue the story, stretch it out as long as you can. It does feel like he is telling the story he wants and that's kind of i'm actually glad about that because um i'd rather see horikoshi just end it how he wants it rather than extending the story because that's we're going um it's not that we're going to get filler content but it feels like he'll stretch out a story that he intended to be let's say 40 chapters and it has to extend it to 100 chapters and that's not not a good thing um and yeah i'm going to be sad but the one thing that is going to be interesting with my hero academia because of how popular it is and it, this, it's the season six isn't actually coming out until fall, um, the fall of this year. So we still have about at least what I would say three more seasons of the anime coming out, which means probably like about the next three years of My Hero Academia is still going to be out there with in terms of the anime. Mm-hmm. Rock, do you think that we'll see the My Hero, if My Hero does end it this year, do you think that maybe Horikoshi will continue to My Hero Academia as like My Hero or he'll give it to somebody else like he did with vigilantes do you think that that's a possibility in terms of what they'll do with my hero because of the anime i think so i think i I mean we could be wrong here but i think my hero is going to become the franchise banner and from there horikoshi's just kind of going to be the he's going to be the 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 editor-in-chief of the my hero franchise and he's going to green light various projects as he sees fit, uh, utilizing various mangaka as he sees fit. And I think we're going to, it's going to be run that way. That's my guess because yeah. it kind of, it, it makes Horikoshi happy. He can move on to do something different, right? A, a, a manga title that, that is, is different, that might challenge him in a different way. He's in a different place in his life. And he just wants to do something different. We get that's how artists are. And so it gives him that opportunity. At the same time, it makes Shueisha happy. We still have the My Hero franchise alive and well. And the boss man, Horikoshi, can kind of be the overall editor-in-chief and quality control guy who can personally hire what mangaka he wants on the title so he can pick the right talent for the title. Yeah, and I think you can also discount the, um, because I do agree with you about that, that he'll become like sort of an EIC. And you can't discount that. Horikoshi has talked about his love for Marvel comics specifically yeah. and also DC comics, but I think he's been more Marvel fan because of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and I do feel like he does appreciate comics a lot and he does have that mentality when he's doing his superhero, like yeah. my hero academia. Cause you could see a lot of the comic book influence that he has in the series as it's gone on more. It feels like he, my hero academia is more influenced by um, comic books than manga t- at, at a lot of points. Oh yeah. Um, and Again, it's a lot of manga influence as well, but he does have that Marvel, like that Marvel in, in his DNA. And as I could see him moving on to do something else, 
um, whether it's his own work or like maybe um, like my dream scenario, still Horikoshi writing like a Marvel title eventually, like once he ends <laughs> my hero because of the partnership that Marvel and Suisha have right now. Right, right. Um, that would I think that would be awesome. But again, you never know. Um, and it's, it's going to be exciting because I honestly, this actually excites me more so than makes me feel down about My Hero Academia because now yeah. I know like going into these next chapter, like chapters, I, I'm going to be looking for how he's going to end all these different character arcs that he has. Cause there's still a lot of character arcs that are left unresolved yeah. here. And it's more, I feel like it's actually more, it makes these character arcs even more exciting because now it feels like, Oh shit. And at any point this character arc could end or this character arc, this is where it's going to finish off. So I'm glad about that instead of it always hanging overhead for all these characters. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a very good point. We got my hero academia vigilante that's ending that on um, chapter 126 at the end of the month. Um, and we'll see how things go with the main series um, moving forward. But um, now we could move on to our topic of the show, which is going to be earth child. Um, it's the newest manga. That's one of the newest mangas that's come out um, this year. Um, it's by, and it's known in Japan by Chikyu uh, no, no Ko. Um, it's written and drawn by Hideo Shikai. Um, for those that might not know um, that name before, uh, Hideo Shikai did work as Jojo Bizarre Adventures creator uh, Hiro, Hiko Raki um, for about five years as, as his assistant. Um, and then once uh, after those five years, he did go on to do various one shots and then also a couple ongoings. Um, his best known one would probably be Soul Catchers, which uh, lasted about 90 chapters from 2013 to 2016. And the other manga that, that he had as an ongoing that lasted about 23 chapters was Lightwing that was from 2010 to 2011. Um, Rock, do you have any background with Shikai with those titles or do you recognize any of those? I recognize Soul Catchers. I've never read it before, but that is the one title I did recognize. And I was I didn't know that uh, Shinkai started as an assistant with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That was a shocker because there's nothing about his art <laughs> or story. I mean, literally nothing at all about his art that reminds me even remotely <laughs> of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So that was that was a fun little factoid to learn yeah it, it's interesting because you're totally that that is the one thing that when i was doing research on uh Shikai, <laughs> i was like i, I saw uh, that and he was assistant for jojo's bizarre adventure series and like i would have never guessed that because his style is nothing like araki uh in in jojo's bizarre and which is weird because like most of these series you could always see the influence of whoever they were assistants to in their yeah. when when a series which gets me interested to find out if like soul catchers and maybe or Lightwing have more of that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure influence in the art. And this is like yeah, his right. evolution. Because again, like I said, he's been doing his own own work, ongoing work since 20, 2010, 2011, which he's also had one shots um, before yep. that. But really for the like about the last decade plus, he's been really working on his own stuff exclusively. So um, maybe over the last decade or so, he's refined his artwork. So that's why you can't recognize the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure influence. But um, it, it does make me interested in how soul catchers and uh, lightwing work uh, look because that's more closer to when he was the like when he was still uh, the assistant for Araki. Yep, yep. agreed. It's it was uh, that was a real surprise. <laughs> yeah, and, and that that gets us into just like the Earth Child as a whole, where um, just to go over like what the first three chapters are about. It's um, Earth Child involves uh, a, a normal like high school student. His name is uh, Rusuki um, Sawada. He um, is, is about to get hit by a, a on, oncoming truck. Um, somebody comes in and saves him that's dressed up like a superhero. She's able to use, um, sort, at first it looks like superhero strength, but we learned that it's actually telekinetic, uh, telekinesis. Um, and she is able to save him, but because he actually sees uh, sees her sa save him, she, use, she tries to use like a men in black type device to erase his yeah. mind. But um, that actually does, doesn't end up working because when Rizuki, um see sees a girl that looks exactly like the his savior um he actually does spot her and she is actually very surprised that he, he was able to spot her because her device is supposed to erase his mind so she's like this is very weird i need to talk to this guy because he must have taken some drug or done something because this always works uh, her her man in black type device on her cell phone um and so they spend time time together Rizuki is very obvious like he's in love with her 
Um, he does not hide, hide that fact at all, but um, who, his savior, who we learn her name is uh, Karari um, Hoshifuri, um, doesn't allow herself to fall in love just because of her line of work as a superhero, as working for like a government agency. Um, and so, but she is also attracted to him for because she he is the first person that actually remembers her. So we see over the course of the first chapter that they actually end up spending time together, that there's something that makes her continuously come back to uh, Rizuki. So that way they spend time together. She ex explains all her adventures and then eventually explains what, what she is, which is an earth child, which is kind of like basically an X-Men mutant that gets special powers. Yeah. And in her case, it's yeah. telekinesis. Um, and, and it's basically because the earth childs are born by having a unique earthly substance um, inside them that's put in uh, like basically unique energy that's while they're still in, in the fetus as um, um, before they are born, um, they absorb this, this um, weird energy that provides them with telekinesis. It's very rare for this to happen because there's a lot of babies with this that absorb this energy, but almost none of them are born with, with telekinetic powers. Um, and so Karari explains this and she is very hesitant to start a relationship with Rizuki, especially with her line of work as a superhero. She knows she could die anytime. Um, and it's super dangerous. She doesn't want to involve him, but Rizuki is persistent about he, that he loves her. And they, the more time they spend with each other, Karari just can't deny how, how she feels. So we see that they actually end up spending years together where as Rizuki goes to school, gets a job, Karari continues uh, her life as a superhero and they actually end up getting married. They have a son together. Um, and it does look like actually we get a first chapter where they're spending a happy life together until they both get the news that on July 25th, a massive asteroid is supposed to hit Earth and Karari is the only one that could stop this asteroid. Um, Karari says, tells goodbye to Rizuki and her son um, and as she goes, goes up into space, uh, is able to destroy the asteroid, but as she destroys the asteroid, she overexerts herself. It does take a lot of, lot of energy from her. And she does bid goodbye to um, Rizuki and, and her son, um, makes Rizuki promise to, to take care of their son, whose name is Mamuro, um, and sacrifices her. And so we think that she's dead. But as we get into the second and third chapter, um, the government agency, which is called Waste, um, is actually comes to comes to Rizuki, tries to at first get Mamuro because Mamuro is actually um, also a telekin uh, earth child as well. So he, their, their kid has a um, telekinetic powers. They try and take him from Rizuki is doesn't, uh, doesn't allow that. So the waste is forced to reveal to Rizuki that Karari is actually possibly alive and she's merged with a part of the asteroid debris. So they want to try and save her um, while also training Mamuro. Um, so that's kind of where we end up chapters two and three as well. Uh, Rock, where, what did you think of these first three chapters of Earth Child and how the story went? I enjoyed I enjoyed these first three chapters. Earth Child is an interesting manga in that it it subverted my expectations that I had with the opening chapter. I'm, I'm reading this and immediately, Kevin, you're thinking, okay, got it. It's going to be a, a little mix of a you know, a, a shonen manga that's a mixture of superhero action and uh, possibly a little bit of slice of life romance, maybe mm -hmm. mixed together. That's that's where I thought it was headed for, because you've got your uh, I mean, let's be honest, you've got in Kareri a very stereotypical shonen action hero mm -hmm. paired up with a very stereotypical <laughs> <laughs> normal guy you know the normal guy character from shonen manga yeah it's a it's a merger of the slice of life main character yeah. with the shonen jump action hero yeah it, it was perfect so that's that's where i thought we were headed with the first chapter i'm like okay cool so it's going to be this neat mixing collision of the two worlds right the shonen jump superhero action colliding with slice of life manga the two protagonists you f usually see in both styles of manga colliding together for this unique story and how they're going to work out these these two divergent worlds together that's what i was expecting we get and then they kill her <laughs> yeah, like, it, wait a minute what well, we're just <laughs> we're just thinking on the first chapter 
that that is uh, you saying that it subverted your expectations. That is totally how I felt after reading the first chapter because it felt like that first chapter contained an entire manga. It, yes, it life it in itself. It, it definitely was like it was surprising when it's like, okay, we're getting to know him. Oh, they're oh, actually wow. rushing along the relationship. Everything they're, he's packing everything you would see yes. in a hundred chapter manga in in one chapter. It's like I wasn't expecting that, and that's something oh, no. I was like, oh man, he's just giving us the entire story, everything about <laughs> everything you would see in another manga series go on forever. He's just giving right. it in the first chapter. It's like, holy wow, this is. This is actually unexpected, and I actually yes. found that exciting because I yeah. didn't know what to come. Like, obviously, with that hook ending, and at the end, I was definitely not expecting her uh, Karate to sacrifice herself or anything like that. And right. I think that that's led to how refreshing the first chapter was compared to most yes. manga because it was just nothing like I I feel in terms of manga I've never read before of how much they packed into that first chapter. Yeah, but I mean, you're right, and you put your finger on it, and that's what blew me away. That's what made me realize what's going on here, because honestly, you go through meeting, you go through the kind of wanting to date, then you go to dating, then you go to truly being in love, then you go to marriage, then you go to children, and I'm like, dude, seriously, Kevin, this is about what you would get over the course of, what, 150 chapters? Right? On, on a regular manga? And so as we're getting, as he's hitting the fast-forward button, I'm going, uh, this almost feels like the kind of like a uh, a skeleton uh, outline. outline for the first 200 chapters of this manga, doesn't it? And then yeah. he just gave it to you. And so I'm like, what is going on? And then when you get her death, you're like, oh, 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 oh my God, this is why he hit the fast forward button on everything because the manga isn't about the two of them. It's huh. in fact about him trying to raise this kid. Holy crap, I didn't see that coming. But that explains why he fast-forwarded through all this. That was so cool. It was just unexpected. Yeah, and, and it just kind of leads to how unexpected also the second and third chapter are of this. is like, because I didn't fully expect, like, because of how quickly Karate dies. Yes. Or, like, sacrifices herself because she right. doesn't die. We find out right. in chapter two and three that she's not dead. But um, it did leave you, ex- like, Oh man! So this is a really going to be a story about a, a normal guy having to raise a mutant, basically a mutant, and right. figure that out and how does, yeah. does that work? Because obviously there's that government agency that Karate continued to talk about during, throughout their relationship. That will he have to protect her from protect uh, their son from this government agency? Will he have to go hide in secret? What will he actually do as a normal guy yeah. who is only experienced really what an Earth child was through Karate, who was a full full grown adult by the time he met her? He did. Like he could just spend time um, with her as a relationship because this isn't like a childhood love interest or anything like that. She didn't grow up with her. Um, so it just left a lot of questions. I I did like that about the first chapter. It's just that it's very much a heartbreaking story um, of like, you see them all go through love and which again, uh, much credit to Shikai of like the chemistry that he builds for Rizuki and Karate. Because you do feel how they actually do fall in love and why Karate, she just continues to be attracted to coming back to Rizuki throughout the first like first half of the chapter where he is the first guy that doesn't um forget about her and you could feel like how that was a special uh, moment for her of like wow I've spent my entire life having people forget about me but this one guy for some reason doesn't forget me like when I try to use my try and race his mind with the men in black type device um and so you could see like how that actually meant a lot to her but at the same time because of the life she's been living what feels like it seems like she's been a superhero for like throughout her childhood into like adulthood like young adulthood um and so this was really her first meaningful interaction with a person outside of the government agency that she was working for and so that it was very it, it, it was a good way to like frame karate not as just this badass superhero but she's actually a human like giving her human characteristics of like oh yeah, yeah she's kind of opening herself up for the first time through Rusuki and it kind of makes them both likable characters from the get-go for me oh t- completely agree i like i would well the, the second that you see that well let me say this with Rusuki, i liked him because he was just very earnest and that made him immediately likable and appealing his his earnestness and his just 
grounded nature of his personality he stood in such a stark contrast to the setting of this world and everything that's going on with Carreri, it made him more interesting than he would have been if he was just in a regular slice of life manga. You know, he, he, maybe he would have faded into the background a little bit more yeah. but with this very contrasting world. He really popped, at least to me, he popped. Yeah. And and one thing I do actually I give Shikai a lot of credit for too is that he didn't make Rusuki come off as a stalker where he comes yes. across like he, Rusuki obviously when he after getting his life safe he wants to thank that person but like right uh, but he doesn't know who it is but when he runs into her like in the in, in the streets as a in her civilian form, um, and he does say I'm in love with you at that moment I'm just like oh man this is gonna be a story of how he's gonna continue stalking her for a oh. while. Um, <laughs> And that that was my, my that was definitely my concern at that moment. Right. I've seen that in a lot of man, uh, uncomfortable manga that I've tried to read <laughs> and I can't read anymore after the first chapter yes. because that that's um, how they do the, treat the main character. Yes. Um, and so that was my concern, but I did like that after that first meeting that yeah. it was in a story of like Rizuki continuously looking for her because right. that's what I thought it was going to be that yeah. Rizuki is going to continue looking for her, try and kind of almost beat her down of like you're, you're you love me too type yes. of story. Right. Um, and because yeah. that was my, that was definitely my concern, but it wasn't that it was that. Yeah. Rizuki, like they had this nice conversation and then she disappeared and we didn't see Rizuki continuously looking for her or like going to every crime scene that she's at because that's the other thing that I thought was going to be is that every time she appears that Rizuki is going to be at that crime scene. Um, but it wasn't that. It was that Karari was actually interested in him because again, like I said, it was the fir- this is the first person that actually remembers her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I like that it was Karari that actually was the person that pushed for her like to talk more like in in the fall like in their follow-up meetings was actually karate that said oh yeah hey meet me at this point because she wrote she wrote it on like one of the bad guys that she stopped on his back say like as a special message to him that only he would know yep um to for the meeting um and so i did like that that again it's just kind of this entire and this entire first chapter was about subverting the reader's expectations of what yes. you're going to get and i did like that it was an interest by on both parties instead of just an interest on one that party where that one party has to get that other person to fall in love with them. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why I, I liked, I, I liked, uh, I guess I liked Rizuki more than I would, than I initially thought I was going to like at first. Cause I was like with you, I was like, okay, is this kind of going to be a, a creeper or is he, is he going to be someone you really like? And, and, and that's when his genuineness, his earnestness, his, his likable grounded personality really shone through after his first after the first time he recognizes Carreri as a civilian, I was like, okay, good. Whew, all right. We're just making him even more likable as we go forward. Yay. Thumbs up. Glad to see this. So that was handled really well. I also immediately liked Carreri. Obviously, she's got a great look. Okay, Kevin, it's not a manga review unless I can bring Kanikamon into the conversation. She is wearing the Kanikamon style battle mask that he wears in his in his classic uh, battle uh, costume, his fancy royal battle costume. So I, I liked that. I was like, oh, I see, I see that. That that's a good touch. I like that her eyes are the earth, the globe, mm-hmm. of the earth. It looks cool. Great design. I like that she has that super long ponytail because it kind of plays her. Her costume is a little basic in that it's just kind of like a suit of armor that's not very uh, detailed in design. So the the long ponytail kind of takes the place of like a cape, something to billow in the wind you know, to make her look dramatic when you get the big splash shot of her. So I think she physically looked awesome. And then, and then we get a really nice personality after that, which was, which was great. Shinkai doesn't skimp on Kareri and just letting her, her physical look and her powers carry the day for a character. He invests the time in making her a likable character, despite her larger than life powers he makes her also a very likable character who wants the basic things that we all want, Kevin, someone to love and someone to love you. It's great. It's nice. Yeah. And I think that that's like, I did like the, her costume because to me, it reminded me just like a updated modern day ninja costume, really. It did. Like what what yep. she had. Um, and I did like that in terms of just humanizing her character. Cause you could tell like, especially in the first meeting, uh, uh Shinkai does a good job of like doesn't kind of make her look seem foreign with the way she talks to Rizuki. Right. But as they as she gets to know him more and 
Um, we do get a lot of it from her perspective, which I did actually think that was a the best choice because she is the superhero character of this story. Right. Um, and she's the kind of the probably the character that you're as much as you're invested in Rizuki's character, you're more invested in Kirai because she is the one that's the Earth Child, the title character. Yeah, I thought she was the main. I thought she was going to yeah. be the main character of the manga, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was so surprised at the end. <laughs> yeah, and so and and she does like to Shinkai's credit, like even at her ending, like she comes off across as this like she uh, this badass character that at all times, even like when she sacrifices herself, it's a big dramatic superhero ending where it's oh it is um it is. By the time time we get to it, this is the natural um, end point for the story and just goes back to how this entire first chapter just feels like an entire manga in one chapter in this, what, yes. 77 chap pages. Like, it does feel like you get a complete story here. Um, and I like that as we get into the second and third chapter, it kind of revealed that Kurari is even more powerful than we recognize and that she's stuck in the asteroid and she was, her, her powers are strong enough that she merges with the asteroid and that she's still bouncing the like anytime something comes at her mm-hmm. where, where she's stuck in she's yeah. still like somehow automatically like bouncing stuff off like just giving off more how like how powerful she is but oh. just going back to the first chapter i i did like that in terms of Rusuki that we never because of how quickly everything goes that Rusuki never becomes a earth child or be, like where we're like typically with these type of manga when you have such a normal secondary protagonist um you expect him to also get superpowers, but by going fast forwarding so many, like doing the time skip throughout this chapter, um, he sets it up that Rusuki's never going to get superpowers. His, his his role in this entire manga right. is to be the normal guy. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's supposed to be the father for that's right for Mamoru. He's not going to gain any special powers. He, his role is to be humanize both his son and and his his wife. Yep. And I think that's actually a really good setup for Rusuki instead of going oh. the typical manga route of like. Eventually, he's going to get superpowers as well. And that's how he's going to save the day of like, because he is the main character and everything. That's not his role here. He nope. is supposed to be the human character. He's supposed to be us in the situation. He's supposed to be the supportive father that doesn't give up on finding his saving his uh, on finding a way to save his wife from mm-hmm. the situation she's in and also raising their son at, at the same time, because it's like he doesn't want the government agency to take him away because he knows that if the government agency takes him away, that his son will become like an, a robot. And won't have a personality or a life, so mm-hmm. I did. I did like that. They continued just to keep him just a regular person the entire, like these first two chapters. Totally agree. Uh, let me. I'll get that in a second. Let me loop back to what you were talking yeah. about with, uh, with the I get air quote death scene because yeah. now we know by chapter three that she's not really dead. But Carreri in her death scene scene I thought was beautifully written because that's what my wife. Those are the thoughts my wife would have if she was in that moment. Yeah. And that's exactly what my wife would do. Yeah. Once, once you have a spouse and kids, her thoughts, what she did was spot on, Kevin. I'd say, I could totally see my wife doing the exact same thing, thinking the exact same thoughts yeah. and making that ultimate, because that's what you do. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I, I just mean that like in other manga, like we we always see it as manga, comic books, anything like they always treat like the main yeah. character needs a motivation for. Yeah. Um, and death is usually a big motivation factor for. Easy. <laughs> it's, easy easy, motivation. It's, it's easy. It's easy. And this that's not what this gets, that's not what this is. No, this and, gets Kareri over yeah, yeah. as a wife and a mom yeah. more than anything else. It I think for me, this not only not only does it yes, it does kickstart the new direct the, the, the true direction of the manga in that in that uh there's a child who is going to have to be raised and it's going to have to be raised by Rasuki, the 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 normal quote unquote normal character. But at the same time, this also gives awesome character work to Carreri's character yeah. as well. It, it grows her character as well and shows you what kind of mom, wife, and hero she is. So when we eventually do yeah. get her out of that asteroid, which has to happen at some point, Kevin, right? Yeah, and, and, and yeah, we do get a lot of these moments, like I said, in manga and all this stuff. And I, what I mean by that is like we get a lot of characters that whose death is not, not their own agency. Yeah. I'm just going like let's just go back to like Bruce Wayne's parents. Like Bruce Wayne's parents yes. need to die because Bruce yeah, Wayne right. needs to become Batman, for Got example. Yep. Um, yep. And yep. and and that could have been easily what this is, where Karate needed to sacrifice herself because it was Mamura's story. Mamura's story of like how he became a superhero and take, uh-huh. take over for his mom, which kind of going back to Kaiju number eight, we saw that with like uh, 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 
Kikuru's uh, mom, <laughs> um, just to relate related to Kikuru, like Kaiju number eight with Kikuru's mom. Well, her entire backstory is to explain why her dad, Kikuru's dad is the way he is and Kikuru Correct. is so motivated. So that, and this is very different from that. This is very different. We do yeah. get a full development for uh, um, Karari and, and her sacrifice feels very earned for her character oh, and yes. what her character was set up from the yeah. opening page of yeah. what she yeah. would, because she even talked about how ultimately she is protecting her from something right. bigger and that she knows that eventually she's going to fall in battle she doesn't know what battle it is because she but her entire she's been training her entire life just to continuously protect earth and that's even in her last supposed last act that we were led to believe in the first chapter was right. her entire mission she knew that this was what she was training for this is her protecting protecting earth from an asteroid that would have ended all of life mm-hmm. um and i think that just kind of again speaks to how the I think well paced the first chapters for how yeah. much content there is in the first chapter. It's amazing. Um, it, it is well paced overall because it never feels like rushed. It just feels like you're experiencing these characters grow together. Yeah. Um, I agree. And so that by the end, Karate's sacrifice does feel like a well-earned character moment instead of just like oh, yeah. a sacrificial lamb character like right. that. We needed to because we needed to advance the story. It's not, it wasn't <laughs> that. Yeah, no, totally agree. And going back to what you were saying about Rasuki, what I love what we get in chapters two and three is, yes, he's going to stay a normal, normal man. He's not going to get superpowers and they're not going to go that route, which is great because you know what, Kevin, Rasuki's, he does have a superpower. His strength is his humanity. Yeah, That's a strength. And that's the best gift he can give his son. And I love, I, I seriously, I love, it's so easy to overlook this. It's so easy and lazy for creators now to go, oh, I'm going to make a strong, I'm going to make, uh, you know, this character is going to be strong. Mm-hmm. So strong equals lots of superpowers. No, mm-hmm. strength doesn't have to be literal power and strength. There's also the strength of conviction, the strength of character, the strength of humanity. And that's what was see. Yeah. Rasiki has, and that is just as strong as any power. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what Shinkai is showing us that, that the strength of humanity is probably the most important thing that needs to be given to a hero yeah. or a hero to be. I, I like that. I like that it's not just focusing on raw power in air quotes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just kind of going back to like the how Rasiki is the everyman, really, like in this situation yes. where. We have the government agency who's like all into all this stuff and all, they are all obsessed with the stuff with the earth child with, with mm-hmm. in Kiru, uh, Kereri's, um world and then Karari herself when we get first introduced to her she is kind of almost robotic and even in yeah, her yeah. response and yep. it isn't until she meets Rusiki who is a normal dude that remembers her mm-hmm. that she starts opening up and she starts becoming almost a, a person for the first time actually because she's Absolutely. been raised to be a superhero or she's been raised to be a superhero her entire life and now she's actually getting to a chance to be a normal, everyday person with Rusiki. And then you see that with the son. And I did like the little twist at the same time that because their son Mamuro is ga- gaining his powers already, that he's actually already at least inner monologuing and like, yeah, oh, this guy, this guy is my son. This guy is my dad. I think he's the way he's protecting me. Is, he's he's my dad. Okay, and you could see how Mamuro, even him, because he's a baby and doesn't recognize the world, obviously, and things like that. That he kind of is like his mom really much very much like his mom was in the first chapter at the beginning of the first chapter he's very robotic in his all, all in the way he talks but as Momoro like in the third, third chapter does more stuff he's like oh this is my dad this is he's doing yes. normal things and that he's he's humanizing his own kid like yes. by, by that so that way his his kid it, when he grow, hopefully grows up doesn't become like his mom where his like when he first met his mom that is a robotic character because he all he's been doing his entire life working for a government agency because we know what government agencies will do to anybody so so, uh, you're right and shinkai deserves a lot of credit because his work with kareri's personality kevin it's very subtle you you don't realize she's shifting from being a robot to a human until you're already several pages into her making that transition. And you're kind of like, Oh, 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 this is interesting. It's not very, it's not, he doesn't hit you over the head with it. It's not abrupt. It's very organic. I liked it. It's really well done. Yeah. And, 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 
it's not really until the hospital scene where yes. Rusuki uh, like injured like Rusuki comes rushing in after Kirei saves the day and she's super injured and yep. and she's like oh crap he really does care about me and then like yes. he's <laughs> which is a, it was a funny moment but also weird that he would go to that extreme of like jumping out of the hospital room like saying oh you can't love me all right I'm going to just jump out of the hospital and like she's like it, wait it, what he proposes to her. like uh, yeah proposes to her and, like <laughs> that that like it's the suicidal attempt that like again it was a weird moment to me like, it was, that was the one, weird it was the one nitpick I really do have with the first chapter of like that's what he had to do <laughs> like he had to go to that extreme to do it um, that is, that, kids it, do not do that do yeah. not do that to try yeah. to get a girl to marry you do not yeah. jump out of a window <laughs> yeah that was like if I if I did have a negative about it it was that moment but that at, the same, at the same time I, because it could have played out where, like, she sees how much she cares about her after she gets super severely injured. Right. And that's what he right. like. What activates her fully going becoming a regular person. I don't know if they had to go to the extreme of a suicidal attempt. That that was like it was it was weird. It was very weird. You never have to resort to uh to to suicide as a manner to bring uh two people together, please. <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, it was it was it was uncomfortable because I was just like. No, especially how serious, serious we need to be with suicide and stuff yes. like that. I felt like yes. I, I don't. I, I personally, I just never like when that is used as a storytelling device. No, and so again, that 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 was that was the one nitpick I did have about, the, or like yeah. the one negative I did have about the first chapter was that moment because I feel like they could have done more. They could have done it any other. He could have Shinkai could have done it any other way than going to that that severe extreme. Totally um, agree. Um, but anyways, in terms of just like you said, Karari getting humanized. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did like that extended to their, their, their son as well. Yeah. Um, and just kind of speaks to like what you were saying about how his, Rusuki's superpower is being a normal dude. He, yep. His superpower is that he's sh- showing both Karari and her son mm-hmm. what it just means to be human. It just, yes. being a regular person is just being a loving person that um, is, Convic- has conviction isn't going to back down, isn't going to back down from like even a government agent because he could easily mm-hmm. back down with how many people were after him um mm-hmm. but he doesn't do that he's a supportive per- he's a supportive dad a supportive husband and that's kind of opens both his son Mamuro and his his wife Karari, to be just regular people again and so yes. that that it makes their sacrifice like the sacrifices and even the adventure that they have to go on now with saving Karari, like even more emotionally you're mo- more emotionally invested in that because you could tell this is he want ultimately Rizuki's goal is to get that one selfie with both his wife and son together yeah. in that selfie. Yeah. I mean, before I get to Mamor, because I want to I want to touch on him too. Well, let me finish up with Rizuki, because another thing I love about him that you see in chapters two and three is despite him being just a regular guy having no superpowers, this guy is willing to do every he everything he can punch, scratch, kick, claw take on a, a a government agency to protect his son what i really like about chapters two and three is in, and you see it a lot in a lot of pop culture is often dads are either absent or crappy and as a dad of two sons i'm the mama hen in my family not my wife i've always been, i've always been the mama hen okay i was the one who had them on my chest when they were little babies uh i've, I've always been that way so for me look i like when a dad is uh portrayed this way where he's willing to do anything for his his son and is loving and attentive like thumbs up for me more of that please and less of the bad dad um <laughs> yeah so and like again it, it was it was definitely refreshing because um Rizuki is just like again a supportive husband yeah. and supportive supportive dad and uh, and and you know again we don't see that very often and i think that leads into just karate also like i did like the twist that she didn't die and yes. then and then at the same time it's not just it, obviously it's going to be out saving her and it does feel th- this manga series for how well it's written it does feel like it's a mini series more so than uh, oh, uh, uh I agree. like it could go forever i feel i agree the, f- the first three chapters really set up this is the end goal it doesn't yes. it actually doesn't need to be that long it could be 20 yes. 25 chapters i'm not sure how long it's they're planning on it but mm-hmm. it does feel like a a manga mini series to be honest the this mm-hmm. season's story i hope that doesn't get stretched out very long because a, I don't want them to be like Karari to just be stuck in space for four years <laughs> in terms right, of yeah. our life. <laughs> and yeah. I'd rather it just be something where they do figure it out quickly because I didn't get a feeling like this, I could read this manga being stretched out for a long time like most mangas, ongoing series. Oh, 
100% agree. I got the exact same feeling as you, Kevin. Seriously, I, I, at the end of the third chapter, I'm like, okay, cool. This is a miniseries. Yeah. We have a definitive beginning, middle, and end that we want to hit. Yeah. And we're going to wrap this puppy up in, you know, whatever, 25, 50 chapters and move on. And I'm totally fine with that, yeah. by the way. Totally fine yeah. with Because I think yeah, the story I- lends itself to that type of that type of construction. Yeah, and I, I do feel like 25 chapters is almost like the good round number for them mm-hmm. um, just because yep. I, the more time Karate spends in space stuck in her asteroid form, yep. the more her sacrifice doesn't feel as powerful to me at, at the very least. Again, I haven't, yeah, read the, I haven't read a past chapter three, to be honest, um, and I will be after this podcast, but it does feel like the longer she's stuck up there, the more her, her sacrifice Mm-hmm. isn't as powerful as it was in the first chapter. And that's where we do get into the, oh, she was just a plot device and I don't want her yes. to be because she is such a strong character in the first chapter and in yep. the, and what we learn about her, how she's bouncing any, anything that could kill her um, really, like offer because of how powerful she is in terms of telekinesis. But the longer she's up there or stuck uh, in her asteroid form, the more her sacrifice doesn't feel as powerful as it did in the first chapter to be, at least to, to me at the very least. Yeah, oh, no, I can see that. I can see that. Absolutely. It becomes more of a gimmick then if it's so if it just keeps going on forever and ever and ever. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, that, that's where that's where he Shinkai does need to be careful. I would yep. say does need to be careful about turning Karate into going back from how he humanized her and did such a good job of uh-huh. humanizing her character into just a plot device. Yeah, no, I agree. The longer it goes, the more that the more that is. The, the other thing I wanted to touch on with chapter three, and you mentioned it. I love you're reading chapter three and it's about on page 16 of chapter three, where suddenly, and at first I didn't know, I was like, what's going on? But Mamura starts talking, starts narrating. And you're like, what is this little baby narrating this? Oh my God. Just when you thought Shinkei couldn't pull out another swerve on you, Kevin, he, again, I did not see that coming. Okay. If you, if anyone saw that coming, then more power to you. I sure didn't see this baby suddenly starting to narrate <laughs> near the end of chapter three as a realistic thing, but it was so cool. And it goes in line with him being an earth child and, and, and being super powerful. And what's neat about it is, is now that Carreri is in the asteroid, you need it. You need that, that, that dynamic of the supernatural versus the ordinary that Kareri and uh, provided for Rusiki, you now get that with the son Mamoru, right? So I like that, but it also shows how the difference, the big difference, I think he, I think that Shinke is letting us know that, hey, there is going to be a big difference between how Mamoru is as, as a superhero than Kareri was. Kareri was very robotic, didn't have this human touch, whereas you could already see Mamura, from the very beginning, Kevin, is already getting the warmth and the humanity. And you could tell Mamura is going to be a much different Earth child than his mom was. And it also, like, with this kind of swerve, swerve of, like, that we're getting inner monologue and possibly more inner monologue from Mamura's perspective throughout the yep. rest of the series, um, it also kind of opens up a narrative device where yes. you could spend an entire chapter of Oh. Karari, um, like we get her, uh, a chapter with her perspective of everything that of how people are trying yes. to save her and stuff like with waste and, and um, Rizuki. So like it, it's a good way through Mamuro, you open up a plot, like uh, a narrative device for us to also get Karari's um, perspective throughout, whether it's one throughout one chapter or throughout various chapters, like where it's kind of spread out, like where we get her perspective of what's going on. And that also kind of, makes her situation even more heartbreaking too that yes. man she she's still alive out there and because she's her powers are active because they established that her powers are active that means that she is kind of sensing everything around her mm-hmm. and makes her even more tragic character which is absolutely and just kind of this entire series is a little bit heartbreaking in terms of the first three chapters where it's like man this is. is super it's a lot heavier than i expected any sway like a shonen jump manga to go, go into Absolutely. I didn't see that coming, but it, it really is. I, but I liked it. It was a fun yeah. surprise. Which is like just going back to how like I feel like this manga series really, I don't want for just for the character's sake, I don't want Kadari to be out there for more than like 25 chapters, to be honest. Cause the like yeah. I said, the longer it is, it feels like they're torturing the character more so than I know anything. it's it's almost it's too mean spirited as yeah. a character. 
almost, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you do like the normal manga length chapters, like you just go on forever. It just yeah. feels if you're if it does feel mean to like as a creator to just continue having the character out there floating in space, feeling yeah. this because like feeling this and always having their power active or else they'll die. That just, is that is so much more cruel than just killing off a character, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, mean, it, 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 it's it, it's a weird feeling. Earth Child definitely like just in the just going to the entire reading experience. It was very different. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to going and after wrapping up this podcast and reading the re- rest of the manga. I'm not sure. Rock, have you read the rest of the manga so far? Or I've not. I read the first three and then decided to, you know, on the past couple of times we've done the first three chapters on new manga, I've read ahead. Yeah. And I kind of realized that me reading ahead kind of colored my opinion of the first three chapters because mm-hmm. I was maybe too critical of things that happened in the first three chapters based on what I learned later. Or I was looking, or I was too kind and gentle on defects in the first three chapters because I knew what happened later. So I, I stopped doing that. So now mm-hmm. I just read the first three chapters so I can give that un, unvarnished opinion of what we get in the first three chapters. Nice, yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, so overall, you, this is something that you you are having on your reading list of yeah. reading more, more after this. Yep, absolutely. I've I've added this to my list of. Uh, of titles that I read on the Shonen Jump app. I'm going to continue on. And I, I really, I really like it. I know we didn't talk about it because we've been talking about the story so much, but I just wanted to say that I, I like Shinkai's artwork. Mm-hmm. It is very traditional Shonen manga art. I like it. It is very clean. It is very uh, smooth, very strong lines. It looks very sleek. I dig it. The action scenes look cool. The character designs are nice. Facial expressions are really, really well done. And, and also kudos to him getting off several butt shots in uh, the first chapter. Way to go, pal. Uh, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Other people, <laughs> not, I, I see what you did there, buddy. Uh, but no, <laughs> the art is, it's, it's really nice. It's, it's good, strong, solid. No, it's not uniquely stylized, like say Chainsaw Man or JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's not. It is more on the classic, side but i like the classic look is is classic for a reason it looks good it's very clean nicely detailed i like it yeah yeah and i, I like the art um overall it's nice and clean it does like i think again it feeds into the storytelling because yeah. like, i think without the art the storytelling is really gonna be nothing but and just mm-hmm. going to like how successful the story impact is overall um mm-hmm. i think he does a really good job with that especially like i think the artwork was at its best for me during Karate's sacrifice because oh, he doesn't yeah. j- doesn't play it quick. He gives it enough time to make put over Karate as a powerful character, uh, and like even her like overtaxing herself. I like the like touches of how she's bleeding out and yeah. how how much pain she is in, but at the same time she's pushing through all the pain. So like mm-hmm. even though as much as you're like a normal person could not go through that, and she would should have collapsed yeah. as soon as she did what she did, but. She continued to push forward and again, just putting her over as a superhero. This is like, she yep. is the superhero. She is the Superman of this world. Yep. Um, really. And like, I think they, the artwork really did a good job of putting that, um, putting in your mind that in this world, she is Superman. She is the all might. She is this character that is above like all other, if there's other earth child, she is the, she is the number one hero. And yep. I think the artwork did a really good job, especially at the end, like both at the beginning when she mm-hmm. saves Risuki, okay. and at the end when she sacrifices herself, like this is the superhero of all superheroes, and I think that it did overall a good job in terms of framing that for Karari as a as a super powerful character. No, I totally agree. And what also, Kevin, I, I want to point about the artwork, and you and I mentioned this a lot when wherever we were reviewing new manga, and we've done this with, I mean, with uh, various ones, whether it's Sakamoto Days or with Ayashiman or. You know, Doran, Doran. We often point out how the art in the beginning is a little rough, not quite, uh, you know, polished. That that the the, the manga is kind of working on the craft, and that, that you know, we'll just take, you know, Sakamoto days for example. And as it progresses, the art gets tighter and better, and 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 better and better. Let me tell you what, uh, the art by Shinke looks polished right out the box kevin i mean this is very polished art right from the start yeah and you could and you could really tell that like 
Shinkai with like so his previous work on Soul Catchers and Lightwing, um, that this isn't his first go around. That he mm-hmm. knows what he's doing, and like I think it just does speak to how this is like this isn't his first ongoing series, and you could really tell that from not just the writing but also the artwork that he's learned a lot in his um, what two decades of being in the industry mm-hmm. uh, that. He, he's refined his art style over time and it's not so this is more it feels like this this is in his first rodeo um this like he's, it's not just been one shots that he's done he has done ongoing series he knows what to do and that he came with an art style that was complete rather than him still refining his art yep it's it's very noticeable uh, big thumbs up you're, you're gonna get a quality product right from the first chapter i like that yeah and i think Especially like that first, the opening color page that we get, I think oh. you could tell that like that yeah, that yeah. was honestly one of the more oh. impressive color pages that we've had for our f- first chapter. Like the first chapter, like how it just does everything where in terms of, like I said, framing Karari as an incredible badass and then oh. Rusuki as like this human character that obviously has to be the damsel in distress that gets saved, saved Yeah, uh, kind of flipping the gender roles there. Um, but at the same time, again, like you could tell from that how confident even Shonen Jump was in in Shinkai's art style that they would give him such a dynamic um, opening uh, color page uh, to start off his manga instead of like a black and white. Totally agree. It it is eye-catching, no doubt about it. All right, awesome. Well, um, again, I I guess with with this, we both recommend you guys, um, anybody that hasn't read Earth Child to to go out and read it. Um, it, Like I said, it is on Shonen Jump um, both it's the Shonen Jump app and on Viz, the Viz Media app. So you could go ahead and read the, the first three chapters along with all the most recent chapters. I think they're on chapter 11, chapter 12 will be released here um, after we record this podcast. So actually you'll have 12 chapters out there. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's really where we'll end it again with high recommendations on both, right, Rock? Oh, absolutely. Big, big thumbs up for me. Definitely add this to your, your to read pile. No doubt. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, thank you again, Rock, for joining me on this episode. And um, and we'll come back for another episode. Maybe we'll uh, there's a, another new manga out that just came out that's called Super Smartphone. Maybe we'll read that or like we'll we'll figure out we're going to there's a lot of manga out there, new manga that's been de- debuting throughout this year. So we'll be checking that stuff out. Um, but as always, I hope you guys all have a good rest of your day.